This episode is brought to you by Somavedic. Somavedic frequency therapy devices reliably mitigate the unwanted influences of EMF radiation from Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, and cell phones in our homes, schools, and workplaces. The technology creates a 360-degree protection field of 100 feet in all directions by administering controlled release of energy from precious and semi-precious stones. The devices also support the body's natural regeneration processes, allowing for better sleep, energy levels, and hydration while reducing stress and anxiety. So check out somavedic.com and start feeling the benefits today. Hello, ladies and gents. I'm your host, Claudia von Berzelaga, and welcome to the Longevity and Lifestyle podcast, where I invite pioneers and thought leaders in all things longevity and lifestyle to give you the strategies, tools, and practices to live better and reach your highest potential. In today's episode, I'm joined by Maria Lodetoft to discuss money blocks and how to attract more money in your life. If we want to live better for longer, we all know how important it is to be financially secure. So today we will uncover some great strategies to consider. Originally from Sweden, in 2017, Maria left a successful career in events and marketing in London to step into her soul's purpose of becoming a yin yoga and restorative yoga teacher. Maria uses traditional healing modalities such as crystals, reiki and sound healing along with light code healing to rebalance your energy and improve the energetic flow within the body, heal stored karma, trauma and inner child healing. In this episode, we dig into the different money blocks we have and how they manifest, understanding where they come from so we can heal them, actionable steps we can take to heal money blocks, how to implement these strategies in your life and business, Maria's top five tips on how to manifest more money, and much more. Also for you, dear audience, I've created a freebie with my 10 hacks to improve your life and longevity playbook. Just go to longevity-and-lifestyle.com and sign up to get your free copy of my playbook. And if you enjoy this episode, please leave a short review on Apple Podcasts that allows me to get even better guests for you and amazing content. Thanks so much and please enjoy. Maria, welcome to the Longevity and Lifestyle Podcast. It's such a pleasure to have you on today. Thank you so much. It's such an honor to be here. I'm really excited to discuss our topic. I know for so many people that this is an area of high interest, namely money blocks and how to overcome them and an area of your expertise. So let's just take a step back, Maria, and how would you say, like, what are money blocks? How do you define them? Are there certain types that you see a lot with your clients? How do they come about? How do they manifest? Yeah, I think all of us mostly at some part of our lives are experiencing you know, a lack of money, definitely. But there is also different parts of money blocks, as I call them, that can manifest throughout your life. And maybe some of you might recognize that you always seem to have a flow of money to you, but it never seems to stay. This is another one. The people, they have a current stream of income or they have gifts given to them. You know, money will always find its way to them, but it doesn't seem to kind of stay around for very long. So that's another one. So we have the lack of money, which is the obvious one. We have those who seem to have it, but lose it very quickly or, you know, spend it very quickly and never seem to stay around. And then we have the third one. And those are the people that have too much of it and don't know what to do with it. And everything just becomes very stagnant. So those are sort of the three different major money blocks that we can dive a little bit deeper into. So the first one, as I mentioned, when you have a lack of money, a lot of times this come back to a belief, a belief system that has been 
imprinted on you or almost adapted maybe from the people around you when you were a child or also as we growing up through our teenage years and we have those first couple of jobs and we start to become a little bit more in charge of our own money and our own financial situation. So that can lead to that belief that, you know, we don't have enough money or we're not deservant of enough money. And the second one where we have a lot of money, but we seem to spend it, it also goes back often to childhood. And it can be very often connected to those first couple of interactions that you have around money. So it can be very interesting to look at, you know, when you were given money, what did you do with it as a child? Many of us, we were actually told to spend it all straight away. You know, when they used to take your pocket money, you were given on a Friday and your parents or your you know, guardians, they took you to the shop and they said, you know, make sure you spend it all now, you know, make sure that you really use up this money that we have given to you. And even this little action can then imprint a belief into us that, you know, when I have money, I need to let it go. I need to spend it straight away because if I keep it, maybe my siblings are going to steal it or maybe I'm going to lose it, you know. So it's very interesting to look at the whole situation around when you started to manage your own money, you know, how did you deal with it and what were you told to do with it? And the third that I mentioned, when you have almost too much money and it becomes stagnant, that again can have to do with the belief that you're not going to have enough. You need to really hold on to what you have because there's nothing more coming. And this is often something that gets imprinted to us very slowly as we are growing up from your mid-teens up until where you are now. And that can mean maybe you had a nice car and it got stolen from you. Or maybe you had a job that you really loved and you got fired. And that will slowly imprint a belief that, you know, if I have something, I really need to hold on to it. Otherwise, I'm going to lose it. It's good to save, absolutely, to be, you know, very aware of where your money is and where it's going. But money, it's such a creative energy. She likes to float. She likes to move. She likes to grow and change and expand. So it's important to look at how am I saving? What is my money doing for me? Am I giving my money the opportunity to grow and become even more and, you know, help others with my money? So those are the three big sort of blockages that my client tends to come to me with. And I think maybe there's some people are like, well, how do I define if it's just the one? I mean, how important is it to have a very clear definition? Like, what is the issue? Would you say is that like step number one is really get granularity and clarity around what is the money issue is that how like your step-by-step process would that be the first yeah I always have a look at you know where are you right now with your financial situation and has this been a recurring theme throughout your life or is it maybe wavy you know for a lot of us it goes very up and down we have periods when things are very good and my money's flowing we're creative we're happy and everything drops off a little bit and then the money seems to be lacking you know in sort of conjunction with that So becoming aware of how your money wave is moving is very important. Ideally, we want to have a little bit of a wave because it's good to sort of keep that energy flowing, but we always want it to go upwards. You know, we always want to move into a better position, if that makes sense, when it comes to your money. And I also always encourage everybody to really think back at what is your first memory about money? Like when is the absolute first time that you can remember holding money or seeing money or hearing somebody talking about money and then broaden that memory a little bit? You know, what's going on around you? What are you being told about money? How are you handling your money? And then starting to learn from that situation and realize, oh, is this maybe affecting me a little bit as my wave is moving through life? Am I sort of picking 
imprints and adopted behaviors and beliefs from this situation. And very often when you start to really map it out, even writing it down or looking back through your journals and things like that, you will become quite clear of patterns that are repeating in your life. So now the golden question, what are the actions or steps that someone can take when they say, okay, I think I've really identified the pattern. I keep sabotaging myself. I earn money, but I spend it straight away, or I just can't earn enough money. I'm working so hard, whatever the case is in somebody's life, or they're sitting on a lot of money, but it's stressing them. What are actionable steps that you recommend clients to take in the different scenarios? So say, for example, that you have a lack of money and you become aware, okay, this has to do with my belief that I am not worthy. And often whatever our issues around money are, it's going to sort of mirror into other aspects of your life. So maybe if you believe that you are not worthy of money, you might also believe that you're not worthy of a proper relationship or you're not worthy of you know, the job or the career that you want. In that situation, I would always start to work with affirmations. Affirmations are extremely powerful. And it's that change of pattern of thinking. So becoming aware of when am I saying to myself or to other people that I am not worthy of money or that I am always in a lack of money. And let's start to change that language and let's start to turn it into something positive. So a simple one can be your friends are going on holiday and they're inviting you to come with, but you don't have the funds to do that. And you will say, I don't have the money to do that. Every single time that we say something little like that, or we are thinking something little like that, we are imprinting it one more time into our belief system. So become aware of what you're saying about money and your financial situation, and then change it to a positive affirmation. And an affirmation doesn't have to be something that we're just repeating to ourselves. It's also what we are saying to others. So instead of saying next time, I can't afford to come, you can turn it into maybe saying, at this particular moment, I'm choosing to invest my money into something else. And that is already turning it into a positive. So that would be the first thing that I would do in that particular situation. How am I talking about money and my relationship with money? And how can I now turn that into something positive? And also becoming aware in general of how you are talking of money. I always like to say that you need to imagine that money is your best friend, an actual person, a physical being. How are you talking about this person? How are you talking about your friend? Are you always saying that she's not enough for you? She's never around when you need her, him or her, whatever you feel relating to. There's not enough of her. She never comes on time. You know, are you speaking very, very negatively about her? And then imagine if money actually were a person, would they want to be around you when you talk about them like that all the time? And just thinking about, okay, so let's change the way that I'm talking about money. Let's change the way that I'm seeing myself with the money and start to speak it into reality. A lot of coaches, healers or business coaches, financial coaches, we always say that whenever you say something out loud, it's almost like you're affirming it. You're affirming it not only to yourself, but also to the people around you. And in my case, as I work with energy, also to the universe. So that's really the first step that I would take. Start to think about how are you talking about money? How are you talking about yourself around money? And let's change all of those statements into positive ones. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to the second scenario that we spoke about, so when you have a lot of money coming to you, but you seem to spend it a lot, this is where it's really, really important to go back to childhood and realize, you know, why are you thinking of this? 
And this is actually where I was. So I will share you my story and I hope that this can maybe help others. So for me, it was exactly as I mentioned before, we used to be taken to the shop every Friday and we were given, I think it was like three pounds or something to buy sweets for. And my grandmother used to take us to the shop and she was always saying to me, make sure you spend it all. Make sure you spend it all. Make sure you use all of it. Because if you keep it, your siblings are going to steal it from you. (laughs) They used to do that. If I kept something and it wasn't just my money, it was my clothes and my toys. And I'm sure all of you who had siblings or grown up around other children, you know that this is what we do. You know, we take something until we learn that this is not right. And this is where I imprinted this belief that if I had money, I had to spend it straight away. Otherwise, I was going to lose it. And this can also be in reverse channeled in from your relationships, as I said. So becoming aware, have you maybe been in a relationship where you feel as your partner got stolen by somebody else? Or have you wanted a promotion and it was given to somebody else? And it kind of ties in with that fear of really wanting something but then having the fear that it's going to be stolen by somebody else. And in this occasion, I would really work with a little bit of inner child healing. And it's very easy. Inner child healing doesn't have to be complicated. So maybe just finding an image of yourself as a child around the age where you become aware that this was imprinted into you, placing that picture somewhere in your house where you can see it, and every day talking to yourself and saying to yourself that, Your things are safe. I'm not going to steal from you. Nobody is going to steal from you. And as you're talking to the younger version of you, you're also speaking to yourself. And I would also really work on meditations are very good for this, but a grounding meditation that brings you down into the present moment, makes you aware of where you are now. And then again, working with that feeling, really that feeling from inside the belly that you are safe and your items are safe and everything that you have is safe. And then start again to imprint some affirmations that money is safe with me. Money will be held by me and money can be with me without fear. And again, that will shift that energy that you hold around money into a more stable one where she as an energy feels that she wants to be around you because she's safe. But you're also reminding yourself that you know, I am capable of, you know, managing my money and holding my money. And for the third one, where we have too much and we're locking it away and we're scared of spending it and it comes into that scarcity of, if I just touch it a little bit, everything is going to go and I need to keep it, you know, safe and locked. This is where I would recommend becoming a little bit more aware of the energy of money as we know it's scientifically proven that everything vibrates right everything has a vibration from your mobile phone to your cat to you know your pillow everything vibrates in this earth as does money money has a vibration and this is maybe where I'll start to go a little bit more into the sort of energetic and the holistic but money has a very creative energy money vibrates very very high So becoming aware a little bit of the energetic history of money can sort of help you shift out of that scarcity mindset that you need to keep her locked away. So looking back at money when she came to earth, when we started to use money, it was very much a trading, right? It was like, I'll give you this penny if you give me your chicken or, you know, I trade something for that for another thing. And that was the first vibration of money. It was like a trading energy. So we gave something and we received something which was a very balanced energy. 
And then sort of as we moved through history, you know, money became something that was very kept and locked away for the rich people. There was taxes implemented that was really damaging and draining for the poorer part of society. And the rich was getting very, very wealthy. And this is where money started to be locked away. You know, we heard those stories of big treasures and all of that stuff kind of being locked in the castles. And money started to become very stagnant, very, very still. And this is not what money is. Money is a very creative energy. Money is a very fluent energy, a very feminine energy. And the more space that money as an energy have to evolve and change and shift, the more she can expand and the more she can come to you. So I'm saying she because my money vibration is a she, but some people have cartoons and some have men. So just starting to work with that energy a little bit more. Is there a way that you can, you know, break out of this scarcity by investing in something? And the thing that money loves to do is to help others, you know, as every single vibration is here on this earth and we are here on this earth to support and help others. So find a project or something where you can invest your money and you know that it's going to do good. And even if there's not going to be a financial return, you have still started that exchange of energy. You're giving something to others and in that way, you're going to receive something back. And even though it might not come back in financial, just trusting the universe that it's going to come back in a different sort of way to you. I really like the way that you split it up into the three ones as well. And I think it was Tony Robbins who had an expression that if you're not able to give a dollar out of 10, you'll never give a hundred thousand out of a million or a million out of 10 million. And it's just that like giving back and that contribution and thinking of things larger than yourself and moving away, I guess, from that scarcity mindset. There's another expression, which I love is that a man complains about having no shoes until you meet another man who has no feet. And it just shifts the whole perspective, right? So it's, you know, thinking about the greater good and things as well. How does your background, Maria, really help you understand clients and the sort of money dynamic as well? We briefly interrupt this episode with a short word from our sponsors. Thank you for supporting them as it allows me to bring you this content for free. This episode is brought to you by The DNA Company. Have you ever thought to yourself, when will I die? I know it's a touchy topic, but the reason we don't want to talk about it is because we feel powerless. Powerless is a sense that we can't do anything. Turns out that it's only partly true. While you can't predict the day you will die, you can prevent it from happening sooner than later. Knowing that your DNA isn't rigid, but can, like light switches, be turned on and off based on things that you do is really empowering. So, you ask, how do you turn off the bad genes? This is exactly what the DNA company figured out. Through an advanced DNA test, they can tell you exactly what genes you have and what supplements, diet, lifestyle and environment are right for you, giving you the exact information needed to keep those bad genes turned off and optimize your health for longer. Importantly, your data is encrypted, anonymized, and never sold. Join the 5,000 plus executives, professional athletes, and biohackers and visit thednacompany.com slash Claudia. That's T-H-E-D-N-A-C-O-M-P-A-N-Y dot com slash C-L-A-U-D-I-A for $50 off your advanced DNA test today. And now back to the show. Yeah, so I come from sales and marketing. I've been in the hospitality industry, organizing events for different restaurants around the world. It was always very sales-driven. I had targets that I had to hit. And what I realized when I moved into the holistic sector and working more with freelance people, working with other coaches, working alongside other healers, was that I realized that there was quite a big gap in how businesses, sort of structured businesses such as 
hotels, restaurants, you know, up and running sort of franchises of clothes shops, the way that they operate and the way that they see money compared to how many freelancers look at money. And it's very important, I believe, to take that structure that we see in the bigger businesses, in the more sort of different service industry businesses and implement it into your business. And that's what I could do. So, for example, when it comes to my field that I am in, which is holistic work, so yoga teachers, healers, some spiritual coaches, etc., there is a very, very large percentage that actually has to close their business down even after just one year because they're not making that financial income. So I was extremely lucky to have the background that I had in sales and marketing and being able to implement that into the holistic business. And the biggest lesson that I have learned is that every single thing that you do needs to come from a place of the heart. As soon as you start to chase the money, things will never turn out and not as well as they will do if you do it from a place of giving. So thinking about, you know, as an entrepreneur, what lights you up? What is your soul's purpose? What are you here to teach? Even if you're not an entrepreneur, as long as you're working in alignment with your heart, the money will find its way to you. And I've really learned this. And that might be being the best barista in the world and making that perfect latte for the woman that comes into your coffee shop every single morning. Or it might be, you know, being a coach and helping others, but really finding your purpose, what's lighting you up and working from a place of the heart. And the second thing is don't be ashamed to talk about money. (laughs) I really feel that it's still such a taboo subject. And it's even more taboo if you're doing well, right? We don't often hear our friends coming into, you know, a dinner or a party and going like, oh my God, I had this new client and they're going to spend loads of money with me. Or I just signed this contract and I'm going to make this much money in my new position. We don't often talk about that, but it's very easy to say, oh, I don't have money right now. I'm really struggling financially. My God, I like my job is not doing very well. And I feel it's a little bit of an aspect across the field as well. It's very easy to fall into that openness around something that's not going very well, but we find it very taboo about talking about ourselves and especially money when we're doing well. So breaking down that taboo and also charging for our services. You know, if you are good at what you do, A lot of coaches, they always promote, you know, high ticket offer. You need to charge a lot to bring the big business in. I don't believe in this. I mean, it's about finding a place where you feel comfortable, where you feel that your time and your effort and your gifts are valued in the exchange of money. Because again, it's about that exchange. So if you're listing your prices super duper high for yourself or your business or the business that you're working for, And the only goal is to make the money and do as little as possible. Again, it's not going to match. It's about finding that balance where you feel yourself valued financially, but you're giving and working from the heart. And it's also very important healing your relationship with money, especially when you are taking on a new job where, you know, your job is about hitting targets and things like that, or it's about, you know, launching your own business. If there is old money distortions lingering in the background that you can see in your private life, 100% all of those money distortions is going to come with you into your professional career as well. Even though it's not your business you're working for, if it is your business, it doesn't matter. All of those money blockages will come with you into your professional career. 
I think that's why a lot of people see sort of repeated patterns. You know, the startup bit was very successful and then whatever happened, they lost or somebody else needed the money. So they gave the money away and then they're sort of yeah. back to square one as well. And so I think that that's such a valid point to A, have that awareness, but also to really focus on, you know, how do I clear that sort of, I guess it's childhood belief systems, right, that are implanted there and that carry on unless you actually address it in so many different aspects as well. I mean, around mindsets, self-belief and relationships as well, and also relationships with money specifically. Yeah. Yeah. It's all connected. That's the thing. It's all connected. And that's why it is very interesting. Because what I do with my clients is that, yeah, I always look at their personal life and then obviously their professional life and, and trying to find those patterns, like you said, and then look back at childhood. Where is this coming from? What's your first money memories? Okay. And then pinpointing the actual blocks that we have, because sometimes it's not just one, it can be a couple, and then starting to work through them with different steps. So affirmations, inner child healing maybe some you know actual physical healing as well because our body holds a lot as we know when we get tense our shoulders goes up money sits a lot around our jaws because it's not something that you want to show when you talk about money you kind of get a little bit tight here so maybe you need to release it from your body as well so movement can be very good for that healing and then also you know the actual steps of taking to healing your relationship with money and I know we're going to go into that a little bit later so I'll save that for now <laughs> Well, here we go. So I'd love to dive in now about how can one manifest more money? I think everyone's ears are going to prick up uh, <laughs> with this. <part. laughs> so the first thing we need to do, like I said, is to become aware of how you are talking about money. And as often we do, whenever we do any sort of clearing work, whenever we want to restart something, if that is the relationship with ourselves or maybe the relationship with a partner or family member, we tend to write a letter, right? I'm sure everybody heard this. You write the letter and you burn it or you write the letter and you give it to them. So writing something, getting it out. So I always recommend people to start by writing a letter, apologizing to money. And I know it might seem like such a silly thing to do because obviously, you know, most of us, we don't think of money yet as that, you know, energetic person, but we really start to do and think about how you've been treating her and what you've been saying about her. And maybe we have been showing her appreciation, hopefully, but write a letter to her and tell her where it's coming from and apologize for that and really make the effort to sincerely, you know, inviting her back into your life and saying that. From this moment on, I will, you know, look after you. I will be a better friend to you. And getting down on paper the steps that you are going to take and what you're going to do as well to make her feel more welcome and loved by you. So that's the first thing I would do. Write the letter to money and apologize. The second thing I would do, and this is the little scary bit, is to actually become aware of your money. Where is she? What's she doing? Where is she coming from? Where is she going to when she comes to you? So knowing how much you cost on a month-to-month basis is very, very important. And I'm talking down to like, you know, your groceries, your traveling, you know, how much are you spending on going out? Track your incomes and outgoings for two months and really write it down and keep a logbook and become very aware. There's no right or wrong. That's not the reason of this exercise. The exercise is to become aware of how much am I costing? What is my incomes? Where would I like to go? Because when we know how much we need, we can set a clear target for ourselves. So we know what we're working against. Because it's very easy to say, yeah, I want more money. 
but for you know the universe and the vibrations and you know everyone around you to know how much to give you we need to know what we want so becoming very very aware of where your money is how much do you have tied up in stocks and bonds and art and nfts and crypto and all of that sort of stuff and if you have a lot where can i now start to take a little bit and give back to the community and change and so yeah looking at your financials and becoming super duper good at knowing where your money is and what she's doing and together with that it also comes to does she have a nice home <laughs> so this is very interesting so is your wallet you know really nice and tidy or are your cards all looking nice maybe there's a couple of cards that needs to be you know replaced or renewed do you have loads of empty bank accounts that you don't use anymore close them down you know get everything nice and tidy and organized and I also like to rename your accounts, you know, give your accounts beautiful names. And even sometimes we have logins to money sites, you know, such as your pension pot or things like that. What's your login? What's your password? Can you make it something more magical? So like my future dreams, the, you know, whatever. But think about all of these little things. I, I had a friend of mine who's logging for her email address since she was like in her teens was just like, I hate everything or something like that. And she just kept writing it, you know, week in, week out. She just kept writing, I hate everything, I hate everything. And after we worked together, she was like, oh my God, when I realized how many times I was telling myself that I hate everything, I had to change it straight away. So where can you implement things that are going to raise your positivity and raise your positive thinking around money? So even just open your bank accounts and instead of seeing basic accounts, it says future holiday or it says, you know, my everyday treats or something like that. So that would be the second bit. And for the third one, so I'm going to do it over five. So for the third one, I would really start to communicate with money on an everyday basis. You can have something called a accountability partner. I'm sure that you within the coaching industry maybe heard this word before. So having an accountability partner is having somebody that you do this journey with. So every day I would exchange text messages. And if you don't have an accountability partner, set up a contact on your phone called money with like maybe your dream number as the phone number of how much you want to have in your bank account or how much you're trying to make. And every day you will text this number or your accountability partner and just be nice with them and say, hey, money, how are you doing today? Just to let you know, I've been thinking about you. Thank you so much for being around. Or you can say, just to let you know, right now, I would really love for you to help me to get my dream holiday. I'm really excited about going on this holiday. And thank you so much for your support. So almost like you're having a constant correspondence with money. It doesn't have to be every day, but try a couple of times a week. And also every time you buy something, say thank you. Mm -hmm. Say thank you when you pay your bills because you have the money and you have a home and you have electricity, which is something that so many people nowadays don't even have access to. And we have that and we are safe and say thank you for having those things and for money to bring those things into your life. Mm -hmm. And the fourth one would be, yeah, it kind of tunes in a little bit to what I just said. Gratitude, gratitude, gratitude. Just being so extremely grateful for where we are right now and what you have right now, but also being proud in the work that you have done. Even just looking at this video or listening into this podcast today, you are already taking the steps to change. 
And this is so appreciated, not just for yourself, but for all of us as a community, as a collective, because the more we learn and the more we change and the more we shift, we are impacting the people around us as well. So, you know, you're healing yourself and your relationship with money, but I'm sure you might learn something that you will pass on to your colleagues or your friends or your children. And, you know, by doing that, you are part of that journey of healing the collective's relationship with money. So gratitude, gratitude, gratitude every day. I do a little gratitude before I eat in the evening. So I don't say grace, but I do always say what I'm grateful for before I eat. And money is always on the list of, you know, the three, four things that I mentioned. It's always like, oh, thank you, money, for, you know, just giving me this food today. And it can be something little by that, but for really tuning into that process of gratitude. And the fifth thing would be to really start to believe that you are worthy of money. You are worthy of having more money. You are worthy of being able to create and give anything you want with your money. And again, it comes back to that inner belief. So doing the required healing work that is needed inside of you to really shift yourself out of that belief that you are not worthy or you have to hold on to money. And that's an inside job. But, but that is often where we need to start as well. So fabulous and so helpful as well and such practical tools that are so easy to implement as well, Maria. So thank you so much for sharing them. For my listeners interested in learning more about money blocks and overcoming them, are there any particular online resources or books that you would recommend they start with? So my coach, who I have been working with, her name is Gabby Kowalski. And she is an energy healer and a light code healer. And she focuses on business and money. So she's super duper good. She has an amazing free resource like library on her website. So it's K-O-L-W-A-S-K-L-Y Kowalski. So, you know, we will link all of that obviously to your podcast and they can have a look and She's the one that really inspired me. And I've been working a lot with her and learned so, so much. So yeah. she's great. And if people want to follow you, be it social media, website, what's the best way people can stay in touch with you? Oh, thank you. So yes, I'm on Instagram. Instagram is lovely. So I am Maria underscore Mystic Sisters. And if they want to drop me an email and maybe have a chat about working together or any way that I can support them, it's hello at wearemysticsisters.com. And our website is launching soon as well. So I work together with another practitioner. Her name is Barbara May. And it's wearemysticsisters.com. Amazing. Do you have a final ask or recommendation or parting thoughts or message for my audience? Yes, very interesting. That's lovely. Yeah, I would like to challenge you all to this evening before you go to bed. I would really like you to just take a couple of deep breaths and place your hands on your heart. And I would like you to invite money to visit you in your dreams tonight. And even by just saying that, just inviting her to come into your dreams from a place of the heart and see what you experience, you know, what does he or she look like? Or maybe some lessons or knowledge around money will come to you as you sleep. And please let me know what comes through. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much, Maria, for coming on today. Thank you. It was such a pleasure and honor to be here. Thank you so much. Hi everyone, this is Claudia again. Before you take off, would you like to get a short email from me with some short but sweet fun tips, tricks and updates on all things longevity and lifestyle? 
This could be cool products that I've discovered, interesting posts or articles I've read, and other fun and helpful things around longevity and lifestyle I've found for you. It's a very short piece of inspiration for you a few times a month. So if you want to receive it, check it out by going to longevity-and-lifestyle.com. That's longevity-and-lifestyle.com. And leave your email to sign up for the next one.